Hey everybody, you are listening to Canary Cry Radio, and my name is Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to episode number 133. 133. There's some numbers for you. Get at us, (laughs) Illuminati hunters. (laughs) Um, But that's right, we're here, episode 133. We keep on trucking. Some very short but sincere apologies for having a couple weeks there without episodes. As many of you know... I secretly snuck off to uh, to the burning of the man out there in the desert and uh, met up with the camp of the unknown god and did some uh, field reporting myself and just want to give everybody a little bit of warning. There will be uh, several things coming out in the next uh, month or so that are derived from that trip. Some will be bonus episodes. Some will be uh, interviews. Some will be maybe some exclusive uh, guests on the show bringing the very first reports from The Burning Man to you, our lovely audience. And I'm very excited about it. We're all very excited about it. But uh, there's a lot of decompressing going on right now, Gons. I was going to say, just for our listening audience... Uh, you know, a lot of people were confused. Like, what? What? Basil going to to Burning Man? What? What is he doing? What is he I doing know. with the heathens? I know. Well, as you know, I'm very good at keeping secrets, and I was not planning on heading out there. But after our episode with Carl Tykrib and learning about what they were doing out there, I decided to go ahead and pull the trigger. And I went ahead and did it, planned the trip, did it all, made it out there, met up with uh, Camp of the Unknown God. Didn't spend the whole time out there with Camp of the Unknown God, but I did bring my uh, little field recording rig out there, did some recording. uh, And so that's what we're going to bring to you guys, a firsthand report of what it's like out there at the burning of the man, burning man out in the block, 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 black rock (laughs) desert. And um, so you can look forward to that. But this is not about that. Oh, because I was going to ask you if you got hired by Google or if you met Elon or oh, you know, so many different there are things. So many stories. I Gons, I will take you through the entire journey that, it is, that is Burning Man and what is all included there. Some things will surprise you. Some things will not surprise you. I think overall, everybody will be pleasantly uh, surprised or not surprised <laughs> at the oversell it. Yeah, you know, I, I well, is it was a very complex experience. You yeah. know, we spend a lot of time, especially in the Christian church where I grew up in. You pretty much hear that Burning Man is just where a bunch of hippies go out to worship the devil. I'm not saying there was no devil worshiping out there, but it is a much more complex thing than just that. And I can't wait to share it with all of our listeners. I'm just imagining but, you in a bubble suit, like your mother wrapped you in a giant bubble suit pretty, to go yeah. out to, to Burning Man. Yeah. I was very safe that's the a whole very, time, everybody. That's a bad idea, too. That stuff burns very quickly. Uh, anyway, go oh. on. <laughs> but before that, you know, we actually tried very hard to get this episode out before I left. And Gons, you've been having your own issues since I've been gone. Uh, it seems the enemy has, has really laid it on pretty thick. And especially since I got back, I got back about a week ago. And this is the first time that you and I have even talked. I mean, things seem to have just gone crazy. Yeah, I think I um, caught you on a phone call about 10 minutes. 
That's about it. Yep. That's about it. Uh, and I, things have been crazy on your end there as well. Yeah. So that's why this took so long, but that's okay. We're back. We're back in action. So you can expect to get a lot more material coming out. Although, Gons, you are going to be going to the conference. Yes. The conference. Yeah. Now that you're back from your little trip, I'm, I'm trekking out to Branson, Missouri. Not quite the Burning Man experience. No, but uh, we'll be just as mind-blowing. Yeah, it's going to be the Gen 6 Conference, True Legends, uh, hosted by Steve Quayle and Tim Alberino. Tom Horn's going to be there, and David Knight of InfoWars, Dr. Hugo de Garris, who I'm really pumped to actually meet yeah. in person. Uh, Richard Dolan, who's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see him amongst all the, the crazy Christians He's, that uh, is quite the lineup. Yeah, Richard Dolan, ufologist and researcher, and uh, he's kind of new age, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Sharon Gilbert and hey. David Lankford and uh, myself, Justin Fall, Josh Peck, Owen Scheuer, So, Oh, yeah. I saw Justin Fall out there at Burning Man. That's right. Uh-oh, I don't Ooh. I don't know if I was... Was I supposed to say that? Uh, I could bleep his name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was out about that or not. He's, is he might still be in the closet about it, so we could. I don't know. We'll have to check his feeds. Okay. Well, he no, that's fine. I did an, an interview with him actually, so I'm sure. I'm think pretty sure people know. But anyways, you get all sounds the exclusive like an, here on CCR. I know we got all sorts of exclusives. Um. So yeah. Anyways, this is the True Legends Conference is going to be awesome. And Gons, I'm very sad that I'm not able to go, but uh, we spent my my uh, <laughs> field reporting budget on the Burning Man, and we're sending you off there where you're going to be doing some speaking. You're going to sit on a panel. It's going to be awesome. And guys, here's the thing. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, that's okay. I'm, I don't know if there are tickets left. Are there tickets left? Guns? Actually, I think the actual event, uh, the venue is sold out. So The venue is sold out, but that's okay because you don't need to spend all that money on plane tickets for a sold out event. But the good news is, folks, there's going to be a live stream, baby. We live in the virtual age. That's right. So everybody, you got to make sure to get on the live stream for this event. It's going to be off the chain. I'm going to be watching the live stream. Maybe we should do like a live stream chat. Live stream, live stream. Yeah, where we can all, everybody who uh, is on on the Patreon and has their access to the Discord channel, we can all watch the live stream and chat about it on the Discord channel. Ooh, the ideas are flying. I'm not making any commitments, but I mean, the people in the Discord channel can do that even without me. You don't need me, but I will check my schedule. (laughs) We will try to make (laughs) that happen. Consider that as a possibility. Uh, That's absolutely right. Gen6.com slash conference is where you can go to get all the info. And uh, yeah, about three days left as of this recording to to get out there. I know it's kind of a time-sensitive thing, but uh, I believe you can even get it afterwards. If you're hearing this after the conference, I think you can still get the live stream. And it's a three-day conference, and you get the, uh, I mean, the live, so you can just sit there for three days straight. Baby, just live stream it up. It's going to be good. Actually, no, I'm making the call right now. Everybody who uh, has access to the Canary Cry radio 
a, a Discord a Discord channel, jump on there. Let's watch the live stream. Let's jump on the Discord channel and chat. I'll try to make it for as much as I possibly can, but that's part of the community that we're building here of Canarians. And if you guys don't have access to the Discord channel, you can get access to that by going to patreon.com slash CCR. Canary Cry Radio. No, Canary Cry Radio, not CCR. Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. If you go to slash CCR, you're going to go to some uh, Indian kids uh, a Fortnite video gaming channel. That's not us yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> anyway, so that's it. True Legends, the conference. That's September 14th through Sunday, September 16th. Get the live stream gen6.com slash conference and we can all watch guns together yay yay okay but let's get to the topic at hand guns yeah here's the thing a while back people started sending me uh some links and they were saying, hey, this guy's making a video and you're in it. And he's talking about Flat Earth. Will you make a video back at him? And I thought to myself, no, no way. <laughs> that is not what we do. I am not here to get into a YouTube video making conversation with somebody. So instead, I went and I watched his video. And, uh, you know, he had some some. Uh, valid critiques of Gon's and I's thoughts of the flat earth, as well as uh, many other things. And I left him a message, and I just want to say that I, it was actually, it was very well thought out, very articulate, and it was not uh, you, know, you know, YouTube. You know those YouTubers always making inflammatory titles to their videos, but um, the video was not as inflammatory as the uh, title, and I was actually, actually very excited to open up a dialogue with this young man. His name is Will, and he is the proprietor of the YouTube channel, The, Str the Truth is Stranger Than Fiction, and we were lucky enough to get him on the show. And turns out he listens to the show, and uh, we certainly had a lot to talk about, Guns. Yeah, we get into all kinds of stuff, the cosmology of things, uh, his documentary, Ethereal, The Battle for Heaven and Earth. And, um, you know, we sprinkle in a little bit of flat earth. I know a lot of people ask about that. So, uh, you know, I, I share a little bit more of my thoughts on the issue. I know people always ask me yeah. and, and they're always like accusing me of like not being on one team or the other. And, and, and so, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I kinda, that's our eternal curse, Gons, I know. is we can't make up our minds. And so we get in trouble with everybody. A lot of people want us to cover flat earth more. A lot of people don't ever want us to touch it again, but we're kind of right in the middle again in this episode. Yeah. So <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy it because um, I we really enjoyed Will and uh, a lot of healthy discussion and his uh, YouTube channel that again the truth is stranger than fiction. He's got about eighty thousand subscribers at the time of uh, the recording of this intro. Let's get so, him that hey, plaque before we all get banned. Let's go get him the plaque, baby, because once we all get banned, we'll all be on the dark web. You can have my plaque, technically. It's kind of... 
in a box somewhere <laughs> underneath a few things. Come on, you don't have that in a in a shadow frame with lights, yeah. mood lighting all around it. Yes, on like my a soft ambient track playing in my closet wall that my uh, three inch by three inch space that I have available to. He didn't make a a, a mobile out of it for your young daughter to uh, to inspire her to uh, achieve what her father once did. Um, well, we'll think about it. We'll write it in a, we'll make a I think book I gave you a really good idea just now is what I did. Yeah. Something she can bring up with her therapist in about 20 years. <laughs> I'm sure there are many things <laughs> that you can do. <laughs> okay, Gons. Well, I say let's just get into this conversation with Will. Anything you want to say before we go? I think that's it. Uh, yep, let's go. Okay. Howell went up to heaven against the man as a fanatic. They said he was mad, and all because he dared to preach a sermon full of faith in God. I do avow myself fully in sympathy with the views which he then enunciated. I think if the power of God were once more to baptize the church, we should have men who would dare to trust in God instead of putting confidence in men Men who would act once more as if God's bare arm were quite enough to lean on, as if faith were not fanaticism, as if confidence in an unseen being were not an unjustifiable enthusiasm. I would to God the church had once again a rich anointing of the supernatural. And if you and I, brothers and sisters, would venture more upon the naked promises of God, we should enter a world of wonders, to which as yet we are strangers. This is Canary Cry Radio. Are we living in the most deceptive time since the days of Noah? For thousands of years, humans have recorded, apart from mythology, a fairly mundane existence, at least according to history's victors. But coming into the 20th century, things began to change. For nearly 300 years before Max Planck changed the meaning of the word into a field of quote-unquote science, the word quantum simply meant one's share or portion. Think of the word quantity. But mention the word quantum today and you'll find everything from astrophysicists to the most woo-woo new ager talking about how the understanding of quantum theory and its subsequent technologies will change the world for the better. The advocates of quantum theory claim it will unlock a so-called theory of everything that would eventually lead to what some quantum theorists are calling the transcension hypothesis discussed by uh, Dr. Hugo de Garris on this podcast, if you go back to episode 67, this hypothesis is nothing more than what the New Agers call ascension. But listeners to this show will know that this is the long-awaited esoteric goal of apotheosis, or man becoming God, promoted by esoteric philosophies like Kabbalah. The same lie that caused the fall of mankind is still being deployed for the purposes of deceiving souls today, and this deception is so palpable that it seems to inform us on everything from where we are to who we are, and especially where we are going. To help us explore and ultimately ground these issues in the gospel message of Jesus Christ, our guest today is a fellow YouTuber 
who runs the channel Truth is Stranger Than Fiction, and he's the author of Ethereal, The Battle for Heaven and Earth, a biblical cosmology documentary. He also runs We See As Through a Glass Darkly.wordpress.com. And he was one of the first people to comment on the Face Like the Sun blog way back when. Welcome, long time coming, Will of Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. What's up? What's up, Will? Man, I can't talk. What's up? Man, what an awesome uh I was not expecting a intro that good. That was amazing. So oh, this is a good intro. I I'm more excited than ever now because that just jumps right into all the, the really fun stuff. So this is gonna be good. So Will, um we're super excited to have you on the show. Uh, just so the listeners kind of get an idea. I mean, we have sort of been, I, I don't know, I think I put it as uh, orbiting around each other for a long time. You've been working on your channel for a long time. We've been doing our uh, work for many years now. And we, at least as far as I'm aware of, we only really connected for the first time um, a week ago or so. And which is very strange. It's a very small community that we sort of work in here. And uh, to have gone this long and to have uh, seen each other's work here and there, it's uh, it's 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 a long time coming. And we're happier here. I know we share a lot of viewers and listeners, so um, we're we're making them happy here. Absolutely. Although I think there's got to be something to be said about god's timing and all that for whatever reason and uh you know when i think back to just what was it a couple of weeks ago when your last canary cry news talk when it was like the almost the whole episode was devoted to the just the theme of ai and aliens mm -hmm. and like all these great articles you guys found and i was like this is amazing because this is just what i i keep finding myself coming back to again and again it's you know, so many times and just to see you guys kind of coming there in your own way after everything that's kind of gone down over the past few years, it's just been a crazy since two, 2015. It's just been such a weird, <laughs> it just gets weirder all the time. Totally. So, yeah. There's, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But where, well, where do you want to start? Yeah, we're holding it down together here. I suppose we should start. Why don't you tell some, uh, you know, some people, all the people that, uh, you know, about uh, your YouTube channel, how it got started. How did you decide to, you know, kind of cover the things you did? Where did what was kind of the genesis of that whole project? Well, the 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 genesis of the YouTube, that was something I never expected to be doing, <laughs> first of all. Um, I was... I just had my little blog going there for however many years that was just kind of an outlet, you know, just kind of a cathartic place to go and write about things and, you know, try and process all this crazy stuff. I mean, really, it goes back to like, I think it was around 2010 when there was all this kind of crazy stuff going on in the world with earthquakes and fires and floods. And I was just like, what is going on you know, in the world? Like, are we in the end times kind of a thing? Mm -hmm. And uh, I jumped on the internet and just started Googling things and wound up watching, like in the same day, coming across, you know, Building 7 and 9-11 and just being blown away by that. And then in, 
also a video by Tom Horn where he was talking about Nephilim stargates and all that stuff. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what in the heck, what am I watching? Like I, you know, my whole concept of YouTube at that point, it was like, that's where people go to watch cat videos and stuff. You know, I had no idea that any of this, anybody was talking about these things on online or on YouTube. So kind of had my paradigm blown, you know, with that, just the Genesis six paradigm and, and the Nephilim and all that. And just trying to, you know, trying to wrap my head around the idea that the Judas quoting, obviously quoting from something, this book of Enoch, what's this all about? And, and then obviously nine 11 and the new world order. And you're, you know, trying to kind of like make sense out of this information. So, there was, I don't know how long of a period of time it was. There was probably a few months where I was just kind of randomly watching things and, and trying to kind of figure out what the heck it all meant. And then I don't remember the name of the documentary anymore, but it was one, I think it was on like Washington, D.C. and all the symbolism and stuff. But it was, it was one I was watching where Chris White is standing in front of, I think it's in uh, Athens, Georgia, where he's, he's standing and it's like the the replica of the Parthenon. Yeah. And he was talking, I don't even remember what he was talking about, but I was watching this video and I'm like, I got to figure out who this guy is. Cause he seems like he knows what he, he knows what he's talking about. He's got a firm biblical uh, foundation that he's coming from. And it was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to track this dude down and figure out as much as I can from him. So that of course led me to his podcast, you know, nowhere to run. And then from there connecting that to the whole revelations radio network, which then led me to, you know, all the guys that you guys have been uh, talking to for years and uh, discovering the future quake podcast. I started listening to that only, I think about six months before they were done. Mm. And then there, then there was, you know, they had seven years of archives that I could just go through and, and that was when I really found like, okay, now I've I've I found kind of a, a a safe place where I can go and explore these things with people who who you know what the Bible says. They they're coming from a, a, a perspective of faith and Bible prophecy, and yeah. And from there, it was just like several years of just kind of being a podcast addict. You know, whether it's like uh, Tim and Andrew on Revelations Radio News, I would listen to them like every week and, you know, being part of this little community, you know, you're just kind of listening in and the Gilberts and, and all these, all these folks that were just kind of like my, it was like my church almost, you know, and, mm -hmm. and doc, Dr. Future, you know, in, in some ways I look back now and go, man, he was almost like a, like a father figure in a way, or like a pastor in, in a, just a very natural sense to where, you know, it was just he, him and Tom Bionic and just so many of the people where they were just very authentic people and I just felt a sense of connection with, with who they were and just then exploring all this these crazy topics and, you know, going from Genesis 6 and then on to, you know, Russ Dizdar and, and all that really, <laughs> really intense stuff. Um, understanding MKUltra and, yeah, understanding it all from a biblical perspective. Um a spiritual perspective to where you understand that it's not just, you know, because so many, you can hear so many people today talk about it's, you know, it's the Jesuits, it's the Zionists, it's the Masons. And they, you know, they think in terms of very, you know, human levels and human systems and structures. And when you don't understand that there is, <laughs> that this is a spiritual uh, agenda, that this has been going on since the very beginning, you know, you, you never fully quite understand what the, what it's, all about. So I was very, it just felt very blessed to kind of have those years of like 
a foundation being laid. It was almost like going to school, you know, <laughs> like I was yeah. uh, like getting my, my little degree and well, I don't want to say degree, but <laughs> <laughs> knowledge base. I can relate to that because yeah. I had the same thing as a tech or a, a fairly, you know, decent sized church uh, and not growing up a Christian and working in high school ministry was actually really good for me because I got to hear all the high school messages um, as basic as they were, you know, it was one of those issues where for two, three years, it was a way to kind of just hear the message of what high schoolers were hearing and, and you know, uh, building a foundation that way where I didn't have it when I was actually in high school. So, uh, you know, and, and that came right. along with uh, studying all these crazy topics for me personally. So it was an interesting time to do a little bit of both. But um, what what was it that, you know, you bring up all these names and I'm I'm having these like nostalgic flashbacks of, you know, listening to, to future quake and laughing out loud while walking around with my headset on while listening to, uh, uh, Tim and Tim and Andrew, just super dry, sarcastic humor. Um, I love it. I know. Yeah. I love it. It's just great. He's, but, uh, he's, he's super funny. Yeah. Um, but what, what in the, you said in the, earlier in the discussion in the last couple of years, things got crazy. Like what, what was it? What do you think was the tipping point? What, what was the topic that really started to to, to launch this insane well, type of <laughs> uh, craziness that we're seeing today. Well, I'm glad you asked. Because uh, <laughs> ultimately, I think I have to, you guys have to share part of that blame uh, in the sense <laughs> that just like Rob Skiba, the first, the first, because I had, you know, been doing the podcast thing for a while, for, for however many years, and, and then just writing my own little articles on whatever false flag attacks and, and things like that. And so I had kind of come to a point where I had felt like I had a pretty solid handle on things. So I wasn't really hearing anything new. You know, it was all kind of, I was able to kind of, you know, I could handle kind of whatever. So it had been like that for a few years and I'd kind of settled back into what felt like normality in terms of just coming to terms with the world you live in and you know, what, what's really going on behind the scenes and not having it freak you out. So, um, yeah, just like Rob Skiba, uh, the first place I heard of this crazy flat earth business was on mm-hmm. your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I distinctly even remember Gans, like at the end of it, I, where you, you said something about, uh, well, you know, it kind of makes you wonder when you, you go outside and you look up and you're like, mm, I don't know. And I remember, I think I even said it out loud at the time, like, Give me a break, dude. You're <laughs> you're not seriously like. <laughs> Pretty sure I said I was, that to him after yeah, too. I was like, you're, I was like, oh, I'm. I, I, I <laughs> We've lost one. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, oh dear. So yeah, I I, w- I heard the you know the whole thing with the the flat Earth clues and and the presentation he gave there, and it was interesting, but, um, you know, I didn't I didn't turn around and go, yeah, the Earth is flat, and there you go. It, it, if anything, I kind of i I thought that there was maybe something to it, just like with a lot of things where you go, you're listening to research and you, you kind of have a feeling that there's some nugget of something in there, but you're not quite sure what it is, and you think that, you know, the, the person maybe presenting the information doesn't even really comprehend what they might have stumbled upon, but mm-hmm. you know, so it was kind of that thing. So it was more like as I started looking into you know, like the, the diagram that we're all used to seeing in terms of like the little bubble with a plane in the middle and heaven above and earth below and God is, a, you know, I was thinking of that, like maybe this is more like a, like a cosmograph, which is a term I only kind of learned later on, but it's a 
more like a, a a simple pictorial description of a, a cosmological reality. You know, like maybe this is more has something to do with the spiritual realm, and there, there's some sort of truth in here, but he's just taking it to some simplistic kind of materialistic uh, interpretation, something like that. So I was like, there's, there's maybe there's something here. I don't know. And so I kind of was chewing on that for maybe a month or two, and then that's when Skiba started coming out with his. Uh, testing the globe material and when i was presented with the, the the content that had to do with like lighthouses and curvature and seeing distances that should be way too far to see you know based on the curvature that was when i started going well maybe there is something more literal to this you know maybe it's not just some spiritual allegory like i i wondered and yeah it just kind of was <laughs> at that point i started um just getting more and more into all the all the research and, and watching videos and learning about who all these. I mean, it was a really crazy time. Like the the first week that I started really looking into it was when you know Eric DeBay was calling everybody a shill and everyone you know everyone's pointing fingers at everyone and there's all these like who are all these people and where do they come from and what <laughs> or why is suddenly why is suddenly flat Earth this thing you know it's just weird and. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot to kind of sift through and weed through. And that was in like the end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And then compared to today, there's you know the amount of material that's out there that's just that you would actually have to kind of make your way through to get to the the really solid evidence is it's kind of overwhelming to me when I think about it. I have a it amazes me that it's still going in some ways. It's amazing in some ways, in other ways it's not. Because once you really kind of know what the real, what the real arguments are versus a lot of the the straw man stuff, you know, it's 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 pretty hard to ignore. It's pretty hard to unsee what you have seen once you have kind of like gone far enough down it. But it's it, it's not something you could necessarily do in five minutes. Yeah. So, well, it, yeah, you know, that's, it's that's it's challenge. it's so interesting because the recent times, I mean. This the flat earth movement, I guess, if you want to call it that, has picked up so much attention starting online. And I mean, now you got mainstream, uh, you know, media outlets, whether they be like, uh, you know, daily show type shows or even athletes. I've seen it. Oh, well, right. Athletes, it's actually on the news. It's like, uh, big established broadcast organizations are now like having to uh, address the fact that the flat earth is coming back with a vengeance. And when I say coming back, I mean, from, you know, thousands of years ago and uh, you know, the movement has gotten so strong. It's so fascinating to watch that the mainstream is actually having to like, talk about it and you know they're not talking about it in any serious or or good way or that i you know any way that i think flat earthers would want them to talk about it but the fact they even have to bring it up now is is very yeah. it's a fascinating time that we live in and it just shows how much momentum that movement has uh, sort of garnered over the years of just consistent uh, and it, I, th I think it's it's caused by researchers and and YouTubers and people just like yourself who latched on and and sunk their teeth in and were uh, were sort of engaged in the process of trying to figure it out 
and the momentum has kept it going for you know the theory was came to be before 2015 but that's kind of when it started picking up so the momentum from 2015 has brought it just way into the forefront of a lot of people's thinking um in 2018 for better or for worse depending on the case <laughs> that it's being brought up in <clears throat> yeah and that, that's kind of a whole <laughs> uh, ball of wax in itself when you talk about the movement it's one thing to talk about you know, the topic and the evidence and the, the various, you know, the, the issues themselves. Mm -hmm. And then when you get into the, the, the movement aspect, that's where it's been a more, definitely more prickly uh, undertaking for me. It's been just that whole thing has been weird in itself, trying to understand all these, you know, different, because people have very different ideas of kind of what the significance of it, uh, of it is. You have, you know, Christian flat earthers and non-Christian flat earthers. And there's a, there's a weird tension there, but also a lot of cooperation. And sometimes you kind of, it just, it's just kind of a big hot mess to be honest yeah. with you. So um, if nothing else, hopefully this conversation will serve to show that like this conversation, you know, the conversation about flat earth or, or cosmology and all these related things, it doesn't have to just spiral into this, you know, very simplistic kind of base level debate or argument or, you know, so much that goes on that where you, you have all these very zealous, you know, adherents of flat earth and, and it's, it's this new thing. And a lot of them, oddly enough, it's that was sort of their entry entry point into all the other conspiracy conspiracies. So for them, flat earth is just like it's it's it it's that's like it's the end all be all and man they just you know they just want to bang that drum and and uh, especially on the secular side the secular flat earth i guess you could call it which really we'd call the the new age flat earth because there really is no <laughs> secular <laughs> flat earthers um that's but that's you know an interesting point actually well i mean it it just it's there's a lot of parallels between it's sort of a microcosm of the truth movement as a whole where it's like so many people they come in and they realize that there's a conspiracy and, and all these things and then their paradigm is blown and suddenly they're much more open to the ideas of, of spirituality and they get sucked into new age you know new age concepts and the whole zeitgeist kind of paradigm right so that right. happens in flat earth too and that's what is sort of um at times it's been frustrating because with a lot of the the voices in flat earth and even in the christian flat earth it, there have been times where i felt like there's not not much of a uh, an awareness of like how pervasive that agenda is and that pressure is and how the the new age ideology is just trying to like take over everything and trying to reinterpret everything so on the one hand you go well if if this is true and we're in this enclosure of some kind then obviously it, it points to the fact that there must be a creator. And so from a Christian perspective, it's easy to jump on that and be like, wow, it shows that we're special. It shows that evolution is, is a farce. It shows that there must be a creator. And then, you know, hooray, we, you know, that, that's all, it's a, it's a win for us, you know. But then they don't necessarily appreciate that people can come along and embrace all of those points, but then through a, a new age filter, through a new age interpretation of, creator a new age interpretation of we have purpose and we're special and that's where it gets really uh <laughs> it gets dicey you know because yeah. you're all you're all kind of like riding this bus together and 
aliens, yeah, it, bro. It, oh, and yeah, so many what <laughs> aliens? <laughs> yeah, well, that's I mean, because there's there's people that talk about uh, it, aliens and who believe that you know maybe they're coming from another another pond on the flat plane, you know. So and you have to. So it, it really just brings it really just brings you back to all the same foundational questions that like i was talking about you know going through future quake and and all these researchers where you know unless you're grounded in in the bible and grounded in the gospel you're still eventually going to get you know tossed this way or that way by whatever teaching or whatever idea and there's so many out there that are uh, filtering into whether it's like new age or things like simulation theory hopefully we can talk about that because that's just increasingly becoming popular in the mainstream as well as in the truth community and alternative media and all that. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. what I like about your work is, you know, flat earth is definitely a, a part a, a large part of it. Um, but it's much, it goes much deeper than that. That's, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a point with some people. I mean, it, it's been around long enough. This might be one maybe benefit, but maybe benefit's not the right word, of, um, you know, it kind of hanging around for so long within the milieu of uh, the types of things we talk about um, that, you know, uh, the basic um, person who keeps up on their fringe podcasts and shows and, and stuff like that has a fairly... Uh, and well, I want to be careful how I say this. I would say they have a fairly good idea or at least a fairly good introduction to what flat earth involves. And they've kind of um, come to some sort of preliminary uh, decision on where they're going to stand with that. Um, as far as like the, the actual evidence goes, you know, there's a lot of great material. We've, we've had a couple episodes on it. Um, but if you want to learn the details and the evidence of flat earth, I mean, man, YouTube has got you covered. Um, but well, let, can really I jump in what, with that? Well, you have a question because I, I, I a, do, I do have a question, okay. but. Well, the question, well, I'll bring up the topic, Guns, and then you can follow okay. up, which is on your, in your work, you really go a lot deeper, is that uh, flat earth, yes, is, is one aspect of this, but there really is an overarching sort of um, storyline or narrative or, or truth that's being played out around us that flat earth is really just one part of. But, uh, you know, it kind of parallels with this search for what's really going on that a lot of us are on as well. Guns, that's where you jump in and oh, ask I, your I, question. I, I thought you had a question question, so I was waiting for that. But, uh, yeah, well, and just specifically to the Flat Earth topic, here, here's something that I've had questions about. And I'm glad you're here because I can ask you. You talked about how there's so much info out there that it's kind of overwhelming. And that's what I found to be true in terms of, cause I start looking at stuff and I, I kind of get lost in like, I'll, I'll end up in a place where I'm like, okay, I, I don't even know what this experiment was supposed to exemplify. Uh, and you know, I'll see a video or something of them trying to create, do an experiment or something or, or some example with light or, or, you know, something like that. And they'll, they'll, 
unequivocally say that this is, you know, proof of flat earth. And I'll say, well, no, I mean, there's other variables involved and other things that could be a part of the process of the experiment that may not have been accounted for. And I'm not saying that it proves one or the other, but I've, I found that it's just like a, uh, like you said, it's a mess. Like what, what evidence do you find if you, if you can spend not too much time on it, but just like one or two examples and I know, again, it's a whole conversation Guns. that... I was trying to move into the theory of everything, bro. I know, and now but, you're getting into... Well, here's, you're, here's, you're asking him to prove the flat no, earth no, no, here no, no, on no, because, air? <laughs> because I, wanted, I want to ask you, because it, I think there is a, a pivot point, a, a, a crucial pivot point to the flat earth topic that does lead into the big, like other topics, not necessarily bigger, but other topics in this whole grand scheme of things. And so, like, because I think that's what you found in this documentary is that there is this kind of a, a convergence point happening with all of it. But what, what piece of evidence was it that really kind of, you know, turned your quest into moving more in that direction of being convinced of, uh, in terms of a physical right. reality? Because again, I know you and I both agree that there's a spiritual aspect to this and, you know, that there is a, a component to this that is unseen. And so, um, you know, we may be spinning our wheels when we're trying to uh, prove one way or another a, a material sort of... Uh, cosmology in that sense but but go ahead i i want to see what you think about that no i'm 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 glad you brought that up because that's i did kind of want to touch on that i wasn't sure when or where we might fit that in but that's it's an important aspect of it and for me it was kind of what i mentioned before when it got into the question of of curvature and lighthouses and things like that and yeah for at the beginning it just felt very kind of ambiguous it was like well yeah that's weird and it, it definitely kind of hooked me in, ter in terms of my curiosity but then you're going you know the when you start looking into that the the first response that you get from the mainstream side is that it's explained away due to basically because of atmospheric refraction so they're saying that you're talking about the light bending like over the the, the light bending so so it's kind of like you know you have you have air and you have moisture in the air. And like you said, there's all these variables. You have temperature, you have humidity, you have barometric pressure, um, you know, all these things that, that we know presumably are measurable aspects. Yeah. Right. And so it's kind of, it's ever since then for the, it's, it's this constant back and forth between no, look, this is a true line of sight. The flat earthers are going, look, this looks like a true line of sight. And then the response is no, it's just, a, you know, it's an illusion. Basically it's an optical illusion. It's a mirage. It's whatever. <laughs> I think it's funny and though. So, they, they utter those words, you know, no, what you're seeing is an illusion. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> which, which you go, and people, you know, people, and some people, that's all they need to hear. And okay, right, that's, well, what then that's what the weatherman said. But then, so that becomes the real question is going, okay. And, and here's the thing about refraction is like, once you enter that into the equation and everyone in the, the, for the most part, the, the, the educated flat earthers understand that this is, you know, it, there, there is an aspect to that, you know, when you have moisture in the air, there's, there's something called the evaporation layer, especially when you're trying to do these experiments over water that makes it very difficult because in that first six to 10 feet above, you know, there's, it's very humid. And um, so it becomes a matter of like, uh, how do we kind of get to the bottom of that and deter, because really when you think about it, like as a concept, the, the concept of testing like a straight line, like, you know, the shortest distance between point A and point B is about the simplest concept you could possibly try and set out to prove. Like, is there really a direct line from my eyeball or my camera to that whatever point over there? And, you know, does does the water 
is does the water curve or not? I mean, that's it's just really that simple, and that's I think that's why there is such a interesting this debate, thing yeah. t- continues to grow is because it's not, it's you know it's so different from like things like nephilim or whatever you know so many other topics where you can just kind of debate them hypothetically, but you can't go out and bust out your camera and, and test it for yourself. So that's kind of the the, the element that's that's new in which kind of bringing in a lot of people because they're like that's really weird and they go out and they try and but you can you can test this in a variety of ways and this is what like you asked like when did it start to get serious um because i was like well it's just you know it's hard to kind of make heads or tails right, right. on, on it's, it's like it's an, a snowball effect of things i i know what that's like but i was curious right. if there was a point that you can recall there, well all yeah there was there was a moment where Okay, so for a while, Mark Sargent was doing a series of of interviews. I, I don't know if he's still doing them, but he was doing a lot at the beginning. And the, one of the first ones he did was he had a, a guest come on who was a Navy missile instructor. Uh, and his name is Sean McCrary. I think it's still up on the on the channel. And I've I've got a chance to speak to him a few times since since I saw this. But this was kind of the moment where it started to be like, wait a minute, this is like for real. And um, so he was in the Navy and he worked with this missile system that operated by way of, they would paint the target with using a, like a half inch, like basically a radar beam. So it was direct line of sight from this mechanism on the ship that would like shoot this laser, basically like a radar laser to, you know, whatever, whatever the target, a ship or a building or whatever. And it would go, I think it was at least like 50 miles. And so this is direct line of sight. And so he was talking about his, how he'd worked with the system for years. And, um, you know, there's just no way that this would even work if the, the curvature of the earth, which is eight inches per mile squared, you know, and it gets exponentially larger the further you go. So when you're just talking about a few miles, you know, whatever, it, it seems kind of like, no big deal. But right. once you start talking about tens of miles or even up upwards of a hundred miles, the the amount of curve curvature that should be in play is 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 incredibly significant. So when he started talking about this weapon system, uh, that was when it was like, okay, so this is kind of a second, you know, this isn't just some guy out there with his camera pointing at the the island over there. You know, this is a guy who's been using this very and you could because you can't call refraction into play when you're talking about this this pencil-sized beam of, of radiation, basically, that has to hit the target and then come back. It's it's absolutely line of sight. So that was the one I started. To, and then he was also talking about gyroscopic navigation, and that was a topic that I got into that seemed to lend more evidence to it in terms of, you know, these gyroscopes being spun up and then they hold their position in space. And then again, it gets into this very convoluted argument of, oh, well, they, they, because theoretically the gyroscope should just hold their position like flat in, in parallel to the, the plane of, or, you know, the, the ground that you're on, what's level. But then as the earth rotates, it would hold its position in, in fixed space. And so right there, that would be a pretty easy way to, to prove that the earth was rotating if it was. And yet the more I looked into that, it was like, wow, there's all these weird, it's the same thing with refraction where they just come up with all these excuses and uh, all, all these mechanisms that supposedly compensate for the rotation of the earth, but you can never really see them 
demonstrated anywhere. It was just all theory. So that was when I started to go like, okay, maybe this really is like literally serious. Like we could literally, <laughs> could we literally be living on a plane. Uh, that's weird. And then since then, the amount, and, and like you said, there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of, you know, not as well done or not as well explained or just, you know, it's just a, it's a hodgepodge, you know, that's, it's kind of, it comes with the territory of it being this very grassroots kind of, you know, community. Open source scientific <laughs> Open source. research community. Yeah. Appliances as a, uh, demo objects and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you have to take all the mediocre stuff with, you know, and find and the gems are in there, but they're kind of buried. But it's, in the past few years, there's been such an addition. There's such been such a compilation of, of other experiments and other evidence that is just kind of built upon that. One that I think came out, I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year, but there's a company in, uh, in Europe that basically broke the world record for microwave communication and microwave is, it's like a, it's a, it's a linear beam. There's so that you can't call refraction into play and it goes from Cyprus to Jordan going over the Mediterranean. This is, um, like hundreds of miles. I, I should send you guys the link at some point. And uh, there's just no way that that would work if it was, <laughs> if the world are curved as it should on a ball. Unless and then even it, just, it like, was mounted high up on some sort of tower yeah, or something. They, they're they're mounted like 50 feet up, but the amount of curvature that's uh, should be in play is like thousands of feet. There's just no way that it it would even be able to, there's no line of sight possible on a globe in that instance. Mm. So, but, you know, that's the thing that's just, the, the company has put out material on it, but there's no videos of, uh, you know, showing it or anything. It's just kind of a, this backwater project that they did. Or, you know, I mean, there wasn't like a bunch of media hype or anything, but somebody found it. Um, and then just even this week, some guy was coming out with a bunch of new footage that he had done bar we're using infrared filters on his on his camera. I don't remember if it was a P900 or what kind of camera it was, but but he was just showing how even using infrared, you can see things that even with your normal camera uh, doesn't pick up in terms of like distant mountains or islands and things like that. And that's that's why this thing continues to go. It continues to push forward is because more and more people are able to, you know, they're able to go down to the beach at Santa Monica and, you know, look across at the Catalina Islands and things like that or the oil rigs and go, you know, and test test things like, oh, we we always hear these excuses about boats going over the horizon and that's because of the curvature of the earth. And yet, you know, they can go, a boat can go out of view and then you zoom in with your P900. I think they just came out with the P1000 actually. Um, but you can zoom in and bring it back into view and this, you know, what do you do with that? How, I thought it went over the, I thought it disappeared because it went over the curvature of the earth. And you start to realize that maybe the refraction thing or the mirage thing, you know, if it was just a couple weird anomalies or a couple weird instances where people were seeing farther than they should be able to see, um, okay, you know, maybe they could get away with that. But when it's just like hundreds and thousands of times where people, there's, there was a video from like a couple years ago where a guy could see, uh, Oahu from Maui. It's like 90 miles away. This is thousands of feet of curvature that should be in play here. And you just see this again and again and again. 
And there, now there's, you're starting to see people put together really good compilation videos. And it's, it's, in some ways, it's easier to find now. You still have to kind of, you know, really want to find it. But it, it was, it's been, like I said, it's just kind of been all over the place in terms of there's no central place. Well, testingtheglobe.com is, is, got a good compilation yeah it seems like there's a a few places that are doing uh you know the good work of trying to collect all the best stuff and put it into one place um which is great which is sort of what we try to do here just on a maybe a little bit of a different broader basis um but you know and it is truly fascinating and i'm I'm glad we're getting a a little bit of that here at, at the top of the show because um, you know, we, we certainly get emails all the time about people wanting us to do more flat earth stuff. And I, I'm, I, a lot of times I'm just wondering like, why, why do you want us to talk about it? I mean, there's so much good stuff out there. <laughs> and, uh, now I'm just going to start sending them a link to like your web or your, uh, <laughs> your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. it sounds and, like a lot of it has to do with, with light and, and just, uh, <laughs> You know that being a central theme, and I think it feels like the that that was sort of the connecting point with other topics. Boom! Yeah. Well, that's the irony, right? Is that because you're going back and forth in terms of like, well, is light bending? And you know, that's after a while you start to realize, well, that's a, that's a really strange phenomenon. If the explanation is that the light is bending over the curve of the Earth, but it just coincidentally at the same <laughs> rate of arc as the the curve of the earth itself like you know what a queen what a coincidence so you know but when you start looking into then for me it was i when i had enough of that evidence to where i go okay i'm not just gonna blow this off there really might be something here it really could be a, like literally flat and you know whatever percentage of you know convinced i was i, I don't even know how to put a number on it but it just you know once my my curiosity was was engaged sufficiently to where then i wanted to know like so where did all these you know what is the progression in the the history of all this science that has led up to this and that was where i started to get curious in terms of like how how would this all feed together because instantly you can already see that like okay, this would have major implications for the Big Bang and for aliens and evolution and all that. I mean, people can see that right away, that that would definitely factor into that. But then, so how did we, how did all this get here? How did this happen? Um, and again, you kind of need to have that spiritual foundation to understand that this isn't, if there is a deception this size, it's not coming from from human you know, minds. This is this is obviously being orchestrated over hundreds of years, over you know all these different cultures and movements, and and there's something bigger at play. So it's obviously this is what Satan has been doing. How did he do it, and why? And so that was where I started to get really curious about sort of the origins and and you know how did we get to where we are now. So one of the things I just from googling, I came across a website called FixedEarth.com. Um, it was a website that had been put up by this researcher named Marshall Hall, who was a geocentrist. He was not a flat earther, but he was a Christian guy, and it's still up. But he he passed away in 2013. But it's just kind of this you know old school website. It's you know not very impressive visually or anything. But he had all these articles on there. He still does, and I just started digging through them, and he was talking about um, 
the geocentric earth and how the Bible, you know, it supports the idea of a, a fixed and movable earth. And, you know, this is before 2015. He'd been talking about this for years. So this was, you know, he wasn't on, on any sort of bandwagon. This was just the conclusions he had been brought to. And then he was talking a lot about NASA fakery, not just the moon landings, but uh, other things. And so I thought that was fascinating because he had got there on his own. And what really struck out to me is when he started talking about the connections between NASA and the Copernican paradigm and Kabbalah. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, tell me more, you know. So that kind of set me off on this, you know, this quest to kind of like dig into, okay, if, if there's anything to that, if there's any connection between this this Copernican cosmology, this Big Bang cosmology, and Kabbalah and occult you know, systems and, and beliefs, uh, that would be really interesting to find. And like you said, like it really goes into so much of the whole cosmology debate is about light. It's about physics, really. It's, And that's something that, yeah, as, as time has gone on, I've been focusing on more and more rather than just, you know, endlessly debating, you know, what's the shape of the dirt that we're walking around on? Is it a ball? Is it a plane? And, you know, there's, it just, you just get caught up debating about what's the map and all this. It was more like, I realized this is really about the fundamental assumptions of, of physics and science and, you know, how did that take a shift? And when you look at uh, the Copernican revolution, namely the Copernican principle, this is one of the first videos I did that really felt like the pieces were coming together. Because when you look at the Copernican principle, which was named after Copernicus, uh, he didn't postulate it himself but basically it's it's openly admitted to be a philosophical assumption um that you know the universe is is isotropic and homogenous and whatever that means and so when you kind of unpack it you realize that what they were saying is that as they approach is as they approach their study of the heavens they're assuming that it's it's basically the same everywhere in the universe so there's no physical distinctions in terms of the properties and you know the the mechanics of it from what from earth to the heavens and so that right there basically was the shifting you know it wasn't even so much about astronomy as it was about physics and so everything that followed that in terms of trying to understand what you know what are the masses of these planets and you're assuming that they're physical objects operating according to physical properties where you know with with orbits and gravity and velocities and and trying to put them all in equations it's all predicated upon this philosophical assumption that it's all material that it's a materialistic view of the universe and that was where stuff started to really click you know so as you start to dig into the bible with kind of this new this new perspective and you're questioning cosmology and you're questioning like you know going back and looking at everything it says about heaven and everything it says about earth you really start to eventually to to quickly see that earth is earth is earth earth is where we live and the heavens are a spiritual reference and so that started to to, to, to make a lot more sense to me as I thought about enclosed cosmology in terms of the heavens, this, this assumption that the heavens are just part of the materialistic, 
mechanistic world is not an assumption that the Bible makes. You know, this I couldn't I couldn't support that idea anywhere. In fact, I found specifically in 1 Corinthians 15, it's very interesting because it's talking about our earthly bodies and our heavenly bodies. And it's talking about the resurrection. So it's making a theological point about how our heavenly bodies are going to be qualitatively different than our bodies now. Right. And it actually use, uses the illustration of earthly bodies and heavenly bodies in right. terms of like the sun, moon, and stars. And so I was going, the, the, the point being made theologically doesn't even hold up if the heavenly bodies are just no different. So the Mormons were right. We're going to turn of, into planets. Yeah. Right. So I started digging into that and digging into, uh, you know, things trepidatiously in terms of, uh, you know, what does Kabbalah teach? And you start to realize that things like, again, the idea of a cosmograph, um, that's really what the, the, tr the Kabbalistic tree of life is in some senses. It's like a, it's like a map of, the cosmos and all these there's all these different points these different spheres and you know the sephirot and they actually do correlate to the planets you know and this is something that had always kind of puzzled me about you know with all the research that lots of people have done like david flynn and uh different people you, you know the christian conspiracy realm for a long time has has had this sort of like vague understanding that there's there's all these spiritual connections, whether it's like mythology and all the names of the planets. And, you know, you you guys, you've done tons of videos on this, Gons, so where, yeah. uh, you know, the, the names of the, the the moons of Jupiter being named after titans and giants. And, you know, yeah. it's like, what's up with that? Why are, why are all the NASA missions and patches and vehicles and everything has all these esoteric and mythological names? Like, it's just everywhere you turn, all the... All the planets are named after these this pantheon of gods. Like, wh why would they do that if they don't even believe in spirituality? And so we, we always kind of knew that there was some connection there. There was something going on. And so basically what I started to kind of, kind of ponder was the idea that the, the heavens are, you know, the heavens are the spiritual realm. And somehow we, you know, we live in the physical realm. We we can walk outside and we can look up and we can see the luminaries. And yet, there there's an interface. There's a there's a dimension to it all that goes beyond, you know, what we can kind of uh, break down in terms of the limitations of science. And it's it's funny because right before I have to tell you the story because shortly before you guys did the the Mark Sargent Flat Earth uh, podcast, you guys had Josh Peck on, and you were talking for like three or four hours. It was that like epic one where you guys were all delirious. And <laughs> yeah, that was, was a good one. It was it was fun, right? But then it was like three, three, three and a half hours in, and I was like wor working around the house doing something, just listening with my headphones. And you, you started talking about uh, Crow Triple Seven and the Moon Wave thing, and you were like, "What's up with that? What are your thoughts?" and and so he was like, I don't know, you know, that's weird. But then he kind of said, well, what if, what if basically this, this wave, this, whatever, whatever we're seeing has something to do with the moon being an extra, uh, an extra dimensional object or a hyperdimensional object. And when he said those words, I got like that, you know, the Holy spirit shivers, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where you get sort of this, like this feeling that's, it's. <laughs> just sort of like that's the shivers going up your spine right. and mm -hmm. I, I and at the time i was just like what like am, am i supposed to is that supposed to mean something to me god you know and this is not something that i experience 
ever. You know, this is not like just normal when I listen to things or whatever, where I get the Holy Spirit shivers. It was very odd. And I was like, but it, but I kept thinking about that whole idea of the moon being a hyperdimensional object. And I was like, what a, what a random thing to be thinking about. But then again, once I'm thinking about enclosed cosmology and what are the luminaries and how, what are the physics of the heavens and all these questions and going, maybe, you know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe this is what we're dealing with is it has to do with, with, you know, higher dimensions. And so the whole idea of, of the overlap and, you know, Josh Beck loves to, to point to the, the flatland analogy, which I think is super helpful when you're trying to kind of explore these things, because we can't really conceive of what a, you know, what does a hypersphere look like? What is a hypercube? You know, you can kind of talk about it, theoretically but once you start getting into higher and higher dimensions um it just becomes way too hard to even, yeah yeah it's 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 just kind of blows your mind so that was kind of the the mindset that i started looking into all these things and realizing that um yeah going back and looking into newton and kepler and just all these figures of the renaissance and and realizing like how deeply mired in things like alchemy and Kabbalah and hermeticism and just the whole, and just hermeticism as a whole, once you start to kind of understand like the principles that it's kind of based upon where it's, it's really uh, about a belief in a set of sort of invisible laws of the universe. There's all these forces. And if you can kind of figure out how to, how they all work together, that's, that's sort of your, your starting point for the work using the magic of hermeticism. So, I started to realize that this, if you were just basing your approach to the world and to the heavens on the Bible, as supposedly all these Christian scientists who, you know, made all these discoveries were, you know, I, I wasn't seeing it coming from the Bible. I was seeing it coming from this infusion of hermetic principles and occultism into the mainstream through, you know, uh, all these all these figureheads that we're so familiar with, but then. There's the, there's this weird sort of dichotomy where we we can see it and recognize it in certain contexts, but the, when it comes to like the scientific revolution, um, there's been this longstanding sort of tradition and mindset within Christianity and and creationism where we still kind of want to claim that as as sort of a a win. You know, it's, it's, it was is because they they believed in a creator and they believed in God and God's a rational God and so he. You know, it, it stands to reason that he would have made the universe in a way that was was rational and reasonable, and that's the foundation of science, right? That science is basically stems from a Christian worldview. And the more I kind of explored that idea, I really started to realize that that's not true. And this actually stems from a very hermetic worldview, whereby we assume that, you know, everything is, is eventually something that human beings can understand and, and uh Used for our own benefit and um, progression of of the human condition, which is like you said at the beginning, that's what this the whole agenda is all about: is this push towards apotheosis, this push towards transcension. And once you start to look at science, and you start to look at the idea of space, and you start to kind of step back and look at the the narrative kind of that that is behind it all you realize that it's all about transcension. It's all about apotheosis. It's all about like the create the, the creation of a new a new humanity, a new man, a new you know level of existence. And yeah, so 
you know I what, could go in 50 different directions. Yeah. But you know what this sort of uh, reminds me of um, in sort of the bigger narrative here with the, the watchers and Tartarus and waiting for the day of judgment to be released and all these things. You know what it sounds like to me is that these watcher angels, because if you think about the ascension philosophy, what are the watchers trying to do? Trying to ascend out of the, the pit, right? <laughs> the, out of Tartarus. So it would make sense that their philosophy is sort of the same as the one that, because they're probably trying to get the humans to open that portal for them to come out. Book of Enoch, there's, there's passages in there. There's one here from, uh, I think, chapter 10, verse 6. Uh, it says, and so that on the great day of judgment, he may be hurled into the fire and restore the earth, which the angels have ruined and announce the restoration of the earth for I shall restore the earth so that not all the sons of men shall be destroyed because of the knowledge, which the watchers made known and taught to their sons. And the whole earth had been ruined by the teachings of the works of Azazel. All of it, all of it leads to the, the ascension narrative, the mm. whole uh, yeah. apotheosis narrative. And so the cosmology aspect is such an important part, but I don't know that if it's, and like you said, it's, it's almost like pointless to really try to figure out and prove at a material, like physical level, like, Hey, we're, we're flat in this thing because ultimately that, that's not, that's not the, the point like that, that won't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, it, it'll help people understand the bigger picture maybe in terms of the deception, but that, that knowledge itself of knowing that it's flat won't necessarily help anybody solve anything. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm just I'm so glad that you you brought it back to that because that is so that is so key to all of this. And you know, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you guys is because you've been covering that for so long. But then when you you really just think about that whole progression, that whole narrative, if you understand that in the days of Noah, the the fallen angels, the watchers came down. I mean, came down from where? Did they come down from space? You know, that's essentially the alien, ancient aliens narrative, right, that, if yeah. you say that. So they came from a, a different dimension. They were regarded as gods, basically. They taught humanity all, all this forbidden knowledge based on their, you know, their their experience and the knowledge that God gave them to do their assigned tasks. And they used it to, to corrupt humanity, and they sired the Nephilim and potentially tinkering with the genetics of all the plants and animals. And, you know, this is this is sort of the Atlantean golden age from the perspective of the occultists, right. from, from the mystery initiates. We look at it as, you know, as the Bible says, it was this, this horrible, perverse time, and God judged the world and put an end to that. And so the, the era of direct angelic intervention into humanity was done. So after that, there was no, I mean, there's the whole debate of whether there was a second incursion and all that, but... Really, what we see is that it, there was a shift, right? Because there wasn't just these these godlike angelic beings coming down and being worshipped and building civilizations and having you know having Nephilim offspring. So, however, it the shift happened when, it, when you get to Nimrod and, and Babel. You know, you can kind of explore. There's different theories, and that's interesting. But we can definitely see that when God separated humanity, and they all kind of went to the the different directions and started all these different cultures that there was, there was that underlying connection of the, the occult mysteries that followed them and kind of took on all their own little specific, um, you know, traits and, 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 and versions. But the, the theme was the same and that was persistent all the, all through the, the, the old Testament where God calls out a people to himself and then reveal, you know, reveals himself through Israel and then eventually the Messiah. And then Jesus is on the scene and we have all these demonic spirits everywhere. And, you know, the, 
they're having to operate through occult means and through things like possession or through things like mediumship and magic and all this occult, this hidden knowledge that's just kind of been passed down through all these pagan traditions. And so, you know, we can look back now and we, we understand that Satan, so there was kind of a reset, right? There was a reboot. Satan had to adjust his <laughs> adjust his strategy, adjust his uh, his aim. But we know that the goal is, like you just said, Gunn, is to get back to that point, is to to escape from their judgment and is using this carrot on the on a stick type of deception. That I mean, all, all the occult secret societies and all the, the mystery schools are all based on Satan's original lie from Genesis 3 that you shall be like God and, you know, promising them apotheosis and promising them everything, you know, that, that they want in a fleshly way. But it's all, you know, it, it's all a lie in order to get to the point of the externalization of the hierarchy, right? That's sort yeah. of the end goal is this 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 re- revelation of the Antichrist who's going to be worshipped as a god and there's the, this whole kingdom, this technological beast system. So when you kind of look at it from that point of view, where it's like this reboot idea, right, of the Watchers, where when you start to think of cosmology or just science as a whole, and that includes everything from like physics and the quantum stuff, which gets really crazy, um, you really start to see, for me, it started to become evident that what it seems to be is that it's just it's just the same old story. It's the same old, you know, God's coming down and, and having to kind of turn to them in order to help us in our own evolution, but being packaged in it with a, with a science fiction narrative. Really, that's all it is. So all the occult practices and concepts that were always around, uh, even in the Old Testament days and uh, the early church and then throughout the last 2,000 years, they've just been repackaged. It's just been a rebranding of all these. There's nothing new to any of this. It's just all been sort of repackaged and, and has different labels put on everything so that as humanity now, where we're seeing this just insane resurgence of interest in the occult and mysticism and magic and the paranormal and simultaneously an interest in, in technology and where all that's going to go. It's really just all coming back together. But what happened through the scientific revolution is that, I mean, it's pretty bizarre that you had all these people who were so, so pivotal, like Francis Bacon and, and Newton and all these guys who were so deep into the occult and even John D. um, who obviously they believed in a spiritual realm, but then that gave birth to natural philosophy and scientific materialism. So, so much of modern the modern day church and and creationism has kind of just been focused on on trying to refute materialism and refute Darwinism and refute atheism, as that's just like the big, you know, the big challenge, the big threat, you know, the Richard Dawkins type of you know, type of thing. And so there, there's really no concept of like this, this, this occult agenda that's going on uh, behind the scenes to where this, the last few hundred years of materialism or just sort of, it's kind of like the long way around of getting the people to, you know, re- you're rejecting God because supposedly science has proven that God doesn't exist. And we have the big bang and we have Darwin and we can explain everything from a materialistic concept. So, you know, we're all there is. There's just the universe. There's just all of us. And 
and somehow the the universe forms uh, just on itself. It's the self organizing kind of thing, and then, but eventually people are are kind of left with the conundrum of trying to trying to process like how that makes sense. Like how do we how do we have purpose? How do we have value? How do we how do we have meaning? And you know what is consciousness? So that's kind of the the end the end question of of the whole materialistic evolutionary uh, you know paradigm to where mysticism steps in and then is now right now this is what we see all over the place is where people are now returning to these concepts of it's essentially pantheism yeah it's pantheism that kind of came in through the back door and so the materialism was just kind of a you know it was just a detour to get us back to a completely occult based approach to to everything but it's not regarded as that it's not regarded as magic or or mysticism per se because you can think of it as as just the universe you can think of it as you know simulation theory or panpsychism or there's just so many concepts now or so many labels that just represent this idea of we're all one with you know we're all one with everything and uh, mm. so it's it's really bringing us back to the mystery school religion by way of all these little facets of, of science and cosmology and and everything else but um it totally is it's the same old narrative it's just kind of been i kind of think of it as like uh you know like like west side story <laughs> it's just it's just the same story of romeo and juliet just you know with a different a different backdrop different names different costumes but it's the same story that we're being told and um so in in reality, when you really think of space and the whole narrative of space travel and you know reaching for the stars and, and expanding these, you can almost all think of all these things as like archetypes. It's really like this is a big narrative. It's a big you know movie that we've all been kind of watching and digesting, and all these ideas that are really actually teaching us transcendence and teaching us these uh, the ideologies of uh, luciferian transcension without realizing it and that's kind of the crazy part but yeah you know it's it's summarized well i think we it's interesting to watch this because um the two different paths uh to the same place uh you have your your reductionist materialism you have your your sciences and all that and like you said it, it's got this the sort of a public face of being rationalism and a logical, reasonable approach to investigating the world around us, that sort of thing, um, which inevitably, once they start investigating, because here's the deal, you know, exploring the, the bigger scale of reality that we can understand is much harder than to understand the smaller scale, or at least in terms of um, being able to control uh, the environment at which to investigate, you know, it's easier to kind of get a microscope and start looking at something and trying to figure out what's smaller than it is to like, try to figure out how far something is or how big something is. Those are, those are things that, that are a little more challenging. And obviously, you know, we've come a long way up, uh, allegedly with that, but, uh, it's interesting because in that material science path, it leads to this same idea, this ascension idea, you know, the, that especially with quantum science being, a departure from just your run-of-the-mill kind of, you know, basic physics, uh, you know, your more common sense type of approach to describing and articulating uh, the physical reality. Because, you know, you, you talk about math equations or something or physics equations that describe uh, motion or things like that. They, they tend to work, you know, they tend to 
exemplify the actual physical representation of what's happening. Um, but again, does it scale? That's the question. And with quantum theory, they're saying, no, it doesn't scale down to the small stuff. And so they depart from that by way of allowing this scale to be this, this unreachable scale, unless you have these, you know, really powerful um, microscopes and, and, and things of that nature. Uh, so again, it's interesting that the material sciences and all that is headed in that direction. And then on the new age side, on the spiritual side of things, and this is beyond the flat earth. I think this is just the overall new age movement um, is, is helping the culture facilitate the, 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 the sort of atmosphere that is necessary for the same thing, for this ascension idea with the idea of monism, that we are all one. We are all, because you notice that it's, and you talked about this in your film, that there it's coming back around like the, like the materialism and the esoteric sciences are becoming the same thing again, because it's the same message. And I think for, for us as Bible believing Christians, we can look at it and say, Hey, look, there's a, there's an obvious pattern here. Uh, the same exact, it's leading to the same exact place. And it's the same lie that was told in the garden in Genesis three. So uh, what more do you need in terms of a consistent message in terms of the, for the other side? Yeah. Well, and that for me, that's, that's always kind of the key question It's like, okay, you're looking at all the specifics you can get caught up in all the, the details, but what's the overarching message at the end of the day? What, what is it pointing people to? And that's, what's really kind of crazy to think is that, you know, Satan's, Satan's playing the long game. He, he kind of, he knew where he was going to take all this. So the idea that the materialistic science path, knowing that it, it would eventually keep pushing and keep asking these questions. I mean, that's all it is. It's like, well, how does that work? Well, what is that made out of? Well, what is what is light? Oh, is, is, is it a particle? Is there is there an ether or not? And why does why does light behave like a particle and a wave? And you know, we so you're just looking closer and deeper and smaller and smaller into where we go. Supposedly, we you know it doesn't make any more sense, and we it's even beyond our ability to to necessarily test things. <laughs> it's so not we, there we, if we, we don't see it. <laughs> like what? Yeah, all all this stuff. So it's it's weird. You go like, is that's almost the <laughs> that was almost the the position or the conclusion that he knew it would eventually land on anyways to where now you have people talking about man there's there's all kinds of groups and organizations and institutions that are sort of this quasi new age slash physics you know endeavors and i mean some of them are just getting very blatant there's this one that's based in california you guys should look into this they're called the quantum gravity research group and uh it's this 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 guy and he's got this little group of people and they do seminars and things but they put out a few they put out one sort of main documentary and it was you know about like what is reality or something and it all goes back into like reality at its most fundamental level is just made of you know is data it's information it's basically just geometry and of course with all the visuals that we're showing if you're familiar with like sacred geometry at all or <laughs> anything it's just this is straight out of the the new wage and so this whole concept of like you're pushing down past what the physical matter once once you kind of are simmering in that area of well quantum physics has shown that uh yeah nothing is really real the way that we think of it is real and it's all just quantum states and potentiality and you know entanglement and all these things that just defy reason on on our you know everyday level so it just shows that everything is as you know you have to throw all that out you have to approach it from a totally different mindset 
And this is where then the whole consciousness narrative is coming in and saying that at, at the base level, reality is consciousness, which of course is back to monism. You know, we're all part of the consciousness. We're all just constructs of this, this ever-changing, uh, you know, matrix of, of energy and matter. And energy and matter are all the same thing anyways. So you know, that's what's so fascinating is that you, you hear, like you were saying earlier, where even the mainstream people are coming out and refuting Flat Earth and Neil deGrasse Tyson has has talked about it numerous times and, you know, d dropped the mic and like how crazy <laughs> that these people are questioning the Flat Earth. But then he'll turn around and say that he has no problem believing that, that the universe is just, uh, you know, a computer game all that was created by some 10-year-old alien child in his parents basement you know right. so everything's <laughs> so it's like what you know the fact that neil degrasse tyson and even i think bill nye and a lot of these other guys this is becoming you know they're they're, they're pushing these ideas and uh it's all bleeding together and it just at an insanely rapid pace so it's, yeah. it's kind of difficult to be like looking into everything that they're saying now, but then also kind of trying to go back and do <laughs> digging in, into all the history. And, you know, this is something I never would have imagined I'd be spend so much of my life looking into. But, um, man, the more you do, the more you realize that, I mean, just the concept of atomism, you know, it, it, the concept of like particle theory, just as a base concept, like, okay, open the Bible and, and you try and try and find me a place where the prophets or or the the patriarchs are talking about like what's the fabric of the universe what's what's everything made out of what you know they aren't asking those questions but then you look at the greeks and the platonic solids you know that was you know a, a big theme of, of a lot of the philosophers and in, in that arena and also in in india and in hinduism and it goes back to the concept of the atom or an atomism uh, goes way, way back, thousands of years. And uh, so that was kind of a, a very telling, you know, clue is to like, why are these concepts of, and, and particle theory as well is very central to uh, Kabbalistic thinking. So when you, when you sort of see the same, you say, see the same fingerprints all over a certain idea and it's sort of most generic level coming from not the biblical side, but from the, you know the mysteries and coming from the occult to me that you know that's not something that i <laughs> i can just dismiss very easily right and you kind of so uh, yeah it all does seem to fit together when you like fast forward to where we are today and how it really is perpetuating this weird quantum mysticism this techno shamanistic kind of approach to to everything to where yeah. spirituality and technology are just merging all you know they're not seen as these sort of, you know, dichotomous things, but so, they'll feed into one another. Yeah, so it, it's very fascinating. And and as you're uh, explaining this here, I'm doing some quick Google, res uh, Google research. It is a nice um, double <laughs> negative there. But uh, the, uh, so, you know, you're talking about the roots of a lot of these pretty, like, wi uh, you know, widely accepted scientific uh, concepts, you know, talking about particleism and atomism and things like that. Um, and I can hear far off into the distance some scientifically minded listeners wondering, well, then what do we do about it? 
is this something where we totally throw out the idea of atoms or totally throw out the idea of particles or I mean, is there a place for the actual science of these things? Is there a way that the this sort of um, occult still there? Uh, influences? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry, so, cut out for a sec. That's okay. Oh, that's again. So, is there a is there a place for the you know sort of materialistic explanations of the world around us that is divorced from the sort of occult roots of? I mean, medieval science in general was pretty uh, doused with uh, magic and occultism and things like that. So a lot of the roots uh, of a lot of these materialistic sciences um, or materialist sciences do have those, uh, you know, influences in their background. But uh, I mean, are we to believe that atoms are, are, is not the way it is? I mean, that's, you, you mentioned yourself that even the Bible doesn't really mention like, fundamental uh, makeup of matter or really even matter being a word addressed within the Bible. Um, so is there something to replace that or is it just to be ignored? <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, that's the fun question, isn't it? Like where, yeah, where does the, the line between the real, cause obviously, <laughs> cause this, this is the point where somebody will, will instantly jump up and say, you idiot, don't you know like, like how much technology that you're using right now is based upon all these, all, all this understanding and all, all these scientific, you know, facts that have been laid down. So when you think about chemistry and you think about, uh, you know, metallurgy and th- I mean, obviously that's the thing is that just like if this premise has anything to it, to where this is essentially, the scientific progression is basically just just a repeat of the watchers teaching mankind you know knowledge that they had but making it think making us basically believe that we're discovering it on our own you know that's kind of the key to the whole thing is that it's 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 all humanistic in in perception but it obviously works in a lot of ways and it obviously you know like just the periodic tab- table of elements and chemical reactions and all the different metals and plastics and things that we're able to combine together using you know specific formulas it, it, it works on so many levels to where we can do things with it we can you know now we can make computers and use transistors and so it, it's not it's not a matter of saying well it's all just nonsense but to me that's what's kind of the the scariest thing about it all is that it's it's all designed to really do something that that does work and this is kind of like you touched on before guns where the whole idea of you know what are they trying to get us what are they trying to get humanity to build for them you know what is satan wanting us to do with all this technology obviously you can look at it from a technocracy standpoint in terms of building our own prison building our own panopticon you know internet of everything kind of uh, world where now everything is connected and we're just monitored all the time and how that fits into the mark of the beast and that's huge but then when you start really thinking about like how does because this 
you know, this ties into so much of your research and uh, Age of Deceit too. When you think about the the image of the beast and this whole idea of AI and the concept of it basically being like a, a like a golem, like a digital golem or a digital puppet for Satan or spiritual entities to interact with humans, you know, where we think of it as just an AI or an alien or whatever hybrid of the two, you know, it's maybe it's AIs that are just manifesting through our technology or, you know, aliens that are appearing as, as these AIs. And, you know, how would we know the difference? There's so many scenarios that you can kind of explore, but the idea that, so we have all this hardware, we have all this materialistic stuff that obviously works and there's, so it's not the idea because I, trust me, dude, I, this is what I wrestle with a lot nowadays. (laughs) It's like, cause I'll be outside and you know, the wind's blowing and you're like surrounded by air and I'm going, it's kind of ridiculous to. It has to be made of particles. I mean, obviously, it's it's fluid, it's gas, <laughs> it's, made it's, out of something. it's made out of something, right? So it's not like you're just going. Oh, it's all non. It's all. It, it's there has to be a certain amount of. It, it's it's a useful way of kind of describing the material world, and yeah. connect, you know, and, and manipulating it. But when I think where it starts to the part that I'm most skeptical of or where I is when you get it back into the the concept of light and or just really which is the entire electromagnetic spectrum right because light is just the visible part of that whole spectrum right. so everything from the infrared to the you know to the to the ultraviolet and all the gamma rays and x-rays and you know and that what you start basically it's the it's the premise that yes well light and electromagnetism whatever you want to call it, is something that interacts with the physical world that we you go outside and the sun shines on your face and, uh, you, you know, you can see the starlight and, and all these things. And we also know that there's electricity going on in our own bodies from our minds, you know, as that's how you, your whole nervous system works based on electricity. Yeah. And then, of course, that sort of begs the question is that we know that we're spiritual beings and we're not just the physical body. Somehow electricity is part of that whole equation between the mind-body interface, which, of course, is a big thing that the New Age movement is fixated upon yeah. because that's what they're trying to kind of use to push those questions and push people into those those areas. So really... I think it comes down to this idea, because this comes back to flat Earth and enclosed cosmology, right? When you start to realize that if 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 gravity and all these explanations are suspect, and there really is some sort of electromagnetic nature to things like the heavens and the spiritual realm, somehow that these angelic beings are very very versed in in, in ways that we just can't comprehend. That that, that essentially electromagnetism itself could potentially have hyperdimensional aspects to it that is something that we can interact with the physical realm but it goes beyond that right so essentially so that's what kind of the whole idea of the ether touches upon where it's that's what they did away with and einstein you know denied the idea of the ether and just reduced yeah. everything everything everything's particles so in yeah. reality when you kind of look at it from the the old perspective it was yeah, electromagnetism and electricity had a much more kind of mystical connotation right. to it and so it's it's kind of going back to that where you're going like obviously we've learned a lot about how to manipulate it how to control it how to put it through wires and store it in batteries and run it through microchips and use it in all these ways but do you really know what it is you know and that's what the whole quantum physics question just goes down that rabbit hole and 
doesn't come out. You know, it just takes <laughs> deeper. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's really about like what is light, what is energy, yeah. but it's all predicated on the assumption that everything is energy because e, e, e equals mc squared. So that's really the part where I'm going. E, <laughs> one thing I do uh, do, you know, across the board, well, hands down, will say is that energy I, I do not regard as being interchangeable with matter and which is of course or of course that then people go well what about nuclear power and haven't we proven that with the atom bomb and you know yeah so you're opening up a whole another can of worms of conspiratorial speculation with, with well, I mean, all of not that. even that far just fire i mean it's the bit that would be the a scientist's basic concept behind fire the interaction of energy and matter right. Just that, yeah, the energy, energy the potential energy of matter, and then through chemical reaction, turning that matter into the energy. Here, here's how I see that the, the overall discussion here, and to your question, Basil. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think, ask a question. No, 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 to the question you asked, Will, about, oh. <laughs> about like the building block of, of, you know, do we throw out the atom and all these things? I think, I think that it was, it was knowledge that was true in a sense, like the true nature of like the stuff, the substance of stuff that the physical world is made out of. I think it's the purposing of that information. It's the purposing of, of how to use that knowledge and the overall agenda of what we're building. And, you know, I, the, uh, Revelation 13 is pretty clear about like how the first beast gets a head wound and it's healed. And then the people build an image to the beast which, you know, if you, we're not going to get into like interpretation, but if you think about an AI, we are basically like creating an image of humanity onto this machine. And you go back to the ether and to disprove the ether. I thought that was interesting. You said that because you think about what the hive mind is. It is a technological version a material, physical version of the ether. It is a network of information uh, that is shared across a giant network that records everything that tracks everything that has all the, you know, all that the Akashic records, the new agers call it. Right. Yeah. So, so it's or the, or the noosphere, the noosphere, which is yeah. what the, uh, yeah, yeah. that's what the, the uh, Teilhard de Chardin called it. So I think there's yeah. a, there's a, a real, uh, like a, a tangible, real truth to the knowledge that was given but the purposing of that knowledge is what the fallen angels deceived mankind into doing. And so it is messy, but I think that there's a, a reason why. Obviously, we're here. We're you know believers in the truth and, and God and the Bible and Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. And so and we're using this text. So there's a, a, there's obviously a, an occupation or a an, a way that we should use it in this time right but obviously yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're really at, crafty gotcha satan we're <laughs> using your computers for the good stuff right but overall it's just a very fascinating and it is a tension because you start asking like wait a minute what's really going on but it goes back to i think the creation itself and this interaction of time space and matter and i always go back to that i've made videos about this but it's always fascinated me that in the bible it talks about the very beginning it says in the beginning so there has to be time time has to exist and then God created, God acted in time. He couldn't act without time there first. Uh, God created the heavens, which I would call space, not outer space, but just space that can exist on time. And then matter, which is earth, you know. And so in the so in the beginning time, God acted and created space and matter. You, you get what I'm saying? God created all the stuff. <laughs> God, <laughs> God put it all in motion. And the knowledge, the perfect knowledge of creation is with God. And we're, we're just kind of, you know, the fallen angels have a limited knowledge. They might know some stuff, right? But they don't have the perfect knowledge of God. And so for them to share 
pieces of knowledge about physical, about the physical creation, about physical reality is not for the purpose of giving us some kind of wisdom and truth. No, it's for their own agenda. Right. And so I think, I think we have to keep in mind that like, Hey, this is all God's creation. This is all, this is all part of God's construct, but pieces of knowledge. I mean, ultimately, did we really as humans, I don't think we really, really truly need to know all the ins and outs of the, the minute minutia, the details of how everything works. And obviously our curiosities take us there, but uh, you know, uh, that's the kind of curiosity that has caused horrific scientific experiments and dissections and all that kind of stuff. So and fidget spinners. (laughs) Well, it's at the end of the day, it's just idolatry. Yeah. And that's what you realize. That's what's so interesting about the whole cosmology debate where, you know, the specific questions of, you know, what's the shape of the earth and what what does it mean that if it has corners or not, or is it a ball? It's just just the broader question of like, are there limits to what we can presume to to try and and understand? Because science as a whole in the mainstream, that that's that's anathema you know that's that's heresy there's no such thing as unknowable <laughs> unknowable knowledge it's all there waiting for us to go out and take it and that's kind of one of the the things that looking back on it all has been a really cool kind of um result is just a, a peace in knowing that like god's got it under control i don't need to like just <sighs> kill myself trying to figure out all these things and trying to understand like, well, yeah, what is the, are, are atoms real? And what, how much of that is, you know, perhaps a, a partial understanding and, and understanding the physics of everything. I mean, if somebody was coming to you and trying to tell you that they understand the physics of, you know, angels, like how they can manifest and you can see them and they disappear, you know, you'd, you'd probably be a little concerned. Like <laughs> you, you really think you understand the physics of, of uh, the spiritual realms, you know, that's that's basically occult thinking. That's that's how they operate is thinking that all those things that you can eventually figure out and 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 use, you know, and use to your own advantage. And so, what's crazy is that now we're seeing this even in the church. Like, there's somebody just yesterday was showing me a link to. There's a book called The Physics of Heaven, and it's talking about how you know quantum physics and all these discoveries are showing us all about God and how how the spiritual dimensions work. And that's to me where it gets really, you know, it gets, it gets really concerning is that we're now kind of adopting this mentality towards, towards the spiritual realm rather than just, (laughs) you know, prayer and faith being very basic, very simple to where now you can see, you can find just about every new age practice under the sun now being repackaged and, embraced by people in the name of Christianity that's that's just it's just straight out of the occult you know whether it's astral travel I mean that's a whole nother thing when you talk about the connections between space and the spiritual realm I mean they call it the astral realm it's like the star dimension you know so there's this is something that they've been doing for millennia you know on the occult side they've been traveling in in three I mean it, just even if you look at like all the if you just look at new age materials, like whether it's like books or presentations or, you know, whatever you, you see this kind of imagery used, like everywhere you look, it's always nebulas and space. And, you know, it's, it's basically, like I said before, it, it really, it's, it's uncanny how well it sort of serves as this sort of visual archetype 
for spirit, the spiritual realm and spiritual concepts. How else would you describe, you know, encountering the spiritual realm through meditation, through psychedelics, through, you know, what whatever else, other than, you know, cosmic, <laughs> cosmic nebulas and, and planets and all this stuff. And so you start to realize that this is all, it's all kind of pushing for the same thing. And, but to where, you know, we don't need to be fixated with that. And, um, and to kind of just, you know, there's things that are better left alone. And it doesn't mean that we, yeah, we can use technology and the internet and, and, you know, it's not that that's sinful for us to be doing anything that's remotely associated with science, you know, just so that I'm not being accused of some sort of Luddite, you know, <laughs> extremism. That's that's not the point. But the point, I think, at some, at some stage is to realize that it is going somewhere, that at some point, especially when you, you start looking at everything that they're doing with AI, and it's crazy, too, how even the AI, the AI world is merging more and more with new age and meditation i mean i don't know did you know that the sophia robot who was created by ben gertzel and all that who goes around you know she was at the un and saudi arabia that people are now actually doing meditation sessions with sophia like they'll sit down and stare into the robot's eyes and connect with it and it's crazy i found another uh i found another video from this guy who he's got like a an ayahuasca retreat down somewhere in south america you know because they have a bunch of those now where you can just book a weekend to go down and do ayahuasca and have your kind of awakening but he's now started a like a business to where he's in silicon valley doing these workshops in in actual companies where the developers are working on on ai programming and he's teaching them to meditate in order to connect with the the AI consciousness, you know, in the future, quote unquote. So they're actually meditating and trying to merge with the AI consciousness in order to like bring him into the present, you know, to, to, to be actually to facilitate. It's exactly, he basically says that, that they're basically trying to incarnate these, these entities uh, into, into the AI code and and also to actually co because there's the whole question of like if AI comes is it going to be benevolent or is it going to be you know scary, and uh, so this is a way that by using meditation and and consciousness that we can actually craft the the AI that we would want you know a benevolent sort of you know <laughs> loving AI master so it's crazy the things that you find out there nowadays but. We got to find that article, Guns, about the uh, Sophia meditation sessions. We've been slacking yeah, on keeping was, up with Sophia. Yeah. It was in connection with um, this organization called uh, uh, Sand, like Science and Non Duality is the name of this organization. And their logo is like, is, <laughs> it's like the E equals MC squared, but instead of the E, it's the Ohm symbol, like from Buddhism. So, yeah. yeah, it's uh, there's there there's so many of these little groups and and stuff that are all over the place. It's it's amazing. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, just that movement as a whole. I mean, one thing that uh, you know, I I think we have in common in our work is tracking this uh, movement going on with uh, techno 
technocracy, the technocalypse, as we've termed it, and uh, technology, especially in Silicon Valley, um, re really running parallel and at times crashing right into, um, you know, the the sort of esoteric spiritual mindset. And, you know, I think it is a it's an interesting um, look into the mind of a, you know, a 20 first century 2018 uh, technocrat or just even human being on earth because we know that the uh, the ideas and the ideologies that come from the top uh, and right now the top is Silicon Valley um, which is why which is curling its tentacles into the government into um, our daily lives in ways that could we, we could have never imagined. And so it, there is that constant influence around us, you know, even in sort of a, a passive way that we may not be fully aware of or and understanding of. And we can see it manifesting even in I mean, it, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, even in sort of atheistic um, mindsets, you know. There's still this sort of new age uh, vein that's started to run through it. <laughs> yeah, because if you go the other way, as well as the uh, you know the the Christian side, like you mentioned. Yeah, because if you go towards, if you really take atheism to its logical end, it's like a nihilistic. You know, it's really it's really sad, in my opinion. Anyway, <laughs> Which yeah. Well, now I they have this kind of wonderful. The... Uh, this wonderful new new age thing to give them some uh, some happiness during the day. No, boo, absolutely. And to me, that's kind of when you you kind of step back and you look at that, you go, "Wow, what a perfect setup, right?" Because it, you know, Satan understands the human heart and the human. You know, we're we're created in the image of God. We're created to have meaning and purpose and a sense of morality. And human beings, you know, no matter find me the most staunch, you know, materialistic atheist out there, they still have a have a need for some sort of moral framework, even if they have nothing to base it on. But like you said, it leads you to nihilism. Eventually, if you're honest with the the philosophical implications of, you know, pure materialistic evolution. So when you look at that, you realize that it was all designed to bring people back to a they have to have some sort of spiritual framework. They have to have some sort of meaning. And this is like something that Carl Teichrib explains so well. I, I learned so much from listening to some of his stuff where he explains how monism is like filling that gap. It's like there's this void that was created, this philosophical void that now is just being funneled into to where you can still hold on to science and evolution, but now you're injecting, uh, you know, all the, the, the ancient all the ancient shamanic cultures and spiritual, you know, it's kind of just make your own spirituality because they all teach the same thing aside from the Bible being, <laughs> being the holdout, being this, the stubborn, uh, you know, stubborn kid who doesn't want to join the party. Right. The stumbling but, block um, for the elite. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man. Yeah. You, I, well, that's awesome. Oh, guns. I was just going to say, I was going to, kind of take on a couple of things you said there and, and comment on how uh, uh the well i forgot now yeah i got i got thrown off my, <laughs> i broke your concentration yeah you, you broke my focus i lost i lost it it's good too well oh, i want to I, I remember i remember 
Okay. Don't, don't stop mm-hmm. me again. <laughs> um, I think that part of it for me, the, this idea, the, the, the idea we keep coming back to with this ascension and how it's, how it's leading back to that. And, and the monism is a big part of that because we're all one. We're all folding back into a single consciousness, which is what we are. We're just fractals of a single conscious being and blah, blah, blah. That narrative in the narrative for the exploration of space, I will say has a very common pattern in, in that, Hey, this huge universe, we're going to go explore it. And we are going to go to the stars that, that narrative has been part of the transhumanist thing for a while. Like, Hey, we're going to, you know, evolve into computers and then we can go off planet and we can, uh, you know, digitize creation and we can, you know, all these other things. Right. So I will say that, you know, regardless of the, the actual shape of the earth, I will say that that in terms of that narrative, again, another prime example of how it serves this, this whole thing about how, what, what the ultimate goal is here. And then the spirit or a philosophical vacuum that was created with material sciences, at least in the, uh, the 19 or the 20th century. And, and then the, the hyper techno spiritualism that is coming out of it is no surprise. I, I think this is what we've been tracking Basel for, for since we started. And I think the the next decade, we're going to see techno spiritualism become a very big issue Seeing the uh, ro- I, uh, the iRobot being the theme for uh, Burning Man this year, I think gives it a big signal as to what direction they're taking it. But wow, yeah, yeah, I bet Sophie's gonna be out there. Sophia, come on, get it time. right. I, Sophie. you know, you me call and her Sophie. Sophia. Are we're super close, oh. so that's like my pet name for her. Okay. Um. Yeah, I bet Sophia's gonna be out there wearing her, I don't know, pink boas and furry boots. Does she have or a whatever body yet? Is she there. still just a head and? No, she has a body. Yeah, I've seen it. Like a full bot? <laughs> that sounded weird, <laughs> but <laughs> super weird, man. No, Dude, it's not video. You've seen Basil. <laughs> we need to go like rebaptize I've seen some videos. <laughs> You've seen some videos. That's no, that's sounds... no. There's a video where she, she has a body and she's like talking to somebody. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, no. Um, well, real quick, I mean, we're coming up on an hour forty, so this has just been fantastic. But I wanted to um, get a chance to talk about your movie. Uh, Ethereal, the battle for heaven and earth, biblical <laughs> cosmology documentary. Um, and uh, so tell me a little bit about that. I mean, Gans and I have uh, both observed it with our eyeballs and um, taken in data through our <laughs> ear holes about it. But um, give us a little rundown. Well, you mean like aside from all the stuff we've already been talking about. Well, that's what I mean. I I just want to let (laughs) people know that it's there and what's in (laughs) there and how we get there. Yeah. It's yeah. It talks about all this stuff and, and even some more probably, but yeah, it's Mm -hmm. kind of start, it starts out as more or less trying to lay out, lay out a bit of a chronological baseline in terms of the watchers and the flood. And, and then like, like I was saying before, it's about this idea of the reboot and then Satan having to try and kind of orchestrate the building of his anti, you know, the the spirit of Antichrist being at work through the ancient times, and then getting up into uh, the Renaissance, and uh, you know, the the construction of the Solomon's House, as it was called, or the you know the uh, the Invisible College, and all that with the the Royal Society, and getting into all, all these things, and then. Uh, touching upon, I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of all over the place, but 
just getting following this this theme of like we were talking about with electromagnetism, questioning the assumptions that are behind that, that filled that then progresses into quantum physics, and then the idea of the the interconnection between the the spiritual realm and the physical realm, and sort of as a visual, you know, sort of a visual thematic thing that I came back to was the concept of squaring the circle and the realization that you know it's an it's used as an occult symbol obviously um to kind of for for a lot of things as all occult symbols are but it's i kind of took it as as a way of kind of simplifying that whole question of like the 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 physical and the spiritual the earth and heavens and how they meet and how you can you can look in all these different rabbit trails and investigate whether it's cosmology whether it's um the new age movement whether it's technology all these things but really what is most important for us to know is to understand that you know we the way heaven and earth are provided to 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 come together the way that the reconciliation is through jesus christ and so that was kind of the whole point was that you know, we can talk about all these things and show that there's there's something going on here. It's really more about trying to ask the questions rather than give definitive answers. You know, it's just that's really all it is. It's just asking these questions and trying to see the correlations, and then you know, you can kind of take it where you want to go and whatever more you want to research. That was just all it really is. But then the one thing that is not that we can know for sure is that Jesus, you know. Jesus really provided the the answer to the to the ultimate problem, which is sin and death, and um, everything just pales in comparison to that. So, you know, at the end of the day, that's all I really care about is just seeing people come to know Jesus and come to know that um, He loves them, that he, he, you know, He wants a relationship with them, that they can be forgiven, that it's not about you know just religion and whatever warped ideas people have about the Bible and church and and religion you know so it's just showing people who jesus is and that he yeah the fallen angels have limited knowledge about all these things and they're using them to try and you know deceive us in all kinds of ways but you know god is um god is the one who fully understands how everything works and you know ultimately he puts he puts his finger on the problem that is in our is in our heart and so that's kind of where <laughs> heaven and earth meet in the in the sense of that the spirit of god i mean it doesn't get any higher than that in terms of <laughs> the heavens and the the spiritual realms i mean you're talking about the spirit of god himself that comes and takes residence within you in your heart and in your life and you know that's all you really need to know at the end of the day is that you can have a relationship with god that you don't need technology you don't need to understand the physics of you know the world around you you don't you know, not that those things are are all bad I, mean, I think they're all worth questioning I mean, we should question everything but to know that you know ultimately it's not you know the, the gospel is so simple that a child could understand it and to get back to that place of childlike faith and childlike wonder and to be okay with there's things that man i just don't even you know i go outside sometimes and i just look up and i go I'm just blown, like I don't even know. I don't even know how that supposedly works, but I'm just <laughs> worshiping God. You know? That's how I feel, man. And that's I'm that's just, that's what the flatter uh, thing did to me. That's yeah. just, just to say it outright. That's that's yeah. other than all the little details and research, that was it for me. Yeah, and to, to me, it's like 
that that itself is like real fruit. And there's actually a lot of people. The, the other crazy thing is that there are a lot of people who are coming to know God and coming to like pick up their Bible and coming to faith because of they just came across this flat earth thing. And I started doing a, a series of videos on just collecting the and recording the testimonies of these people. And that probably for no, more than any other reason is why I have felt compelled to try and, you know, with whether it's you guys or other people to say, hey, you know, because there's so many people that are still very aggressively antagonistic to the whole thing. And it's just a psyop and it's satanic deception and they don't want to hear it. They just want to, you know, they just want it to go away. But it's like, man, like hundreds, personally, I have encountered hundreds and hundreds of people who just that this topic brought them to investigate the idea that the, the Bible is really true and they believed it. And then now they're in this sort of this place where they're going, now what, you know, <laughs> I need, I need some guidance. I need some discipleship. I need, I need somebody to help me. Cause the, then, like I said, then they learn about all this other conspiracy and they're going, you know, they, they're trying to make heads and tails out of all of it. And yet so many people who do know about the conspiracies from a Christian perspective are going, you know, flat earth is stupid. And, and but they're like, that's how I found, I just, <laughs> that's how I came to know, Christ. So it's a it's a touchy situation to where I'm going like, okay, even if you're not in a place where you want to stand up and call yourself a flat earther, you know, whatever, that's that's fine. But don't, you know, just be be care tread cautiously when you're just talking about this and you're talking about it being a satanic psyop and all that, because the the testimonies are real. And these people, they really need to be, you know, engaged in a way that's it's like with love and to where the 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 ultimate questions are still most important, like the, the commonalities that we should have in the with the gospel. Whoa. Oh, that was weird. Yep. You know, okay, we're back. Yep. We're still here. Yep. We're Can you back. Hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. But you know, the 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 truth of the gospel should supersede all these other issues. And so, you know, to just to bring it back into the proper perspective is is what I I hope to achieve because you know, you can get stuck arguing about that stuff for the rest of your life and ignore just, you know, the most important things about, you know, do you know who God is? Do you know who you are? And do you know, you know, what your real need is in terms of forgiveness from sin and the resurrection at the, at the last day? And um, that's where your hope should be. Your hope should not be put in movements or in your perceived understanding of you know the the science of of the, the cosmos or how well you think you understand the illuminati infrastructure or what you know all that stuff is is temporal it's passing you know having a relationship with god to where you can talk with god and he he knows you and he cares about you and he's involved in your life you know nothing compares to that so you know what there's there's really nothing more important. So that was kind of where I wanted to bring the documentary to, um, even while exploring all these sort of fringy ideas and, and that I'm still exploring. You know, it's an ongoing process. It's not like it was just this exhaustive, you know, oh, it's all done, it's all solved. You know, it's continuing to kind of unfold every day. But the gospel is is one thing that that's that's rock solid that's yeah that's what we can depend on is that in the midst of all this craziness god is good he is here he's not abandoned on us Wh whatever strange uh 
turns that all this technology and all these ideas and all these things that people are grasping onto, you know, God is not going to just abandon us to the craziness of of the world, yeah. and that we can have you know we can have hope in the midst of all this insanity and all this evil, and it doesn't just have to be. It's not a bleak, uh, despairing situation because you know because God is our is our our refuge and our strength. So, yeah, amen, amen brother. Well, thank you so much for that. That was just a wonderful. Um, I think place to, to land the plane there. Can you give us, uh, some, some links? How do people get in touch with you? How do they find your stuff? Um, how can they find out more? Uh, well, like Gon said at the beginning, I haven't used the blog in a long time, so it's kind of just sitting there idle, but, uh, it's still there. Um, we see is through a glass darkly and the YouTube channel is the truth is stranger than fiction, and uh, you know that's about it. But um, I that's got my awesome. email. I got my email on the about page if people want to get a hold of me and ask questions. And I I try to be good about responding to people, but it's I'm not all. Sometimes I I miss stuff or whatever. So be patient with me if that's <laughs> if you're trying to do that. Yeah, but, well, uh, they're yeah, used to just, trying to get a hold of us. So patience. Our people are very good at patience. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so. so there you go. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Go out there. Make sure to check out Ethereal, the battle for heaven and earth. It's a documentary um, revolving around big biblical cosmology and all the fun stuff we talked about today. Um, Will, I was actually going to ask you while we're still still on the air here, unless you've got some place you got to run off to. Uh, Gons and I actually have a couple questions we'd like to. Um, ask you for our bonus episode um, for our Canary Cry Conversations. You got a few more minutes? Yeah, I'm here. I did, okay, I cool. I did want to respond a little bit more to what Gons was saying earlier about uh, space travel and the transcension. Yeah. And I've got some questions about space as well. So if you guys cool. out there want, want to hear more of uh, Will and all the stuff we're talking about, you can head over to patreon.com. That's where we got all our bonus episodes. It's going to be a good time. But right now, we got to get out of here. So Will, thank you so much, buddy. And God bless you. I'm so happy we got a chance to connect. Thank you guys so much. Well, there you have it, folks. That was our conversation with Will from the Truth is Stranger Than Fiction YouTube channel. Again, lots of great videos on there, including Ethereal, The Battle for Heaven and Earth. I would say that's, I mean, that's a full length feature film right there. That's, uh, that's, uh, uh, Age of Deceit status. Yeah, no, he's, he's, the, the video has gone viral. A lot of people like the video. I loved it. Um, I, I think everyone should definitely check it out. Okay, there you go. As well as all the rest of his videos there. Also, a real fun thing. We continued the conversation for how long? Maybe a half hour, a little Something over like a half hour, Guns? A little, little over a half hour, probably. Yeah. If you guys would like to listen to Will, Gons, and I continue the conversation, get a little deeper on some topics, touch a little bit of topics that we weren't able to get into here on the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash canarycryradio. Over there, we do another podcast called 
the Canary Cry Conversations. That is uh, just a nice little grab bag of things that Gons and I record and put up, usually uh, an hour or so. Uh, sometimes we're just talking about basketball and, and SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> sometimes we're doing almost full other episodes. Yeah. Or sometimes we're talking about uh, current events. And this time we'll be having a longer conversation with Will, um, just going deeper into a lot of of the things you heard here and a lot more than that. So if you guys are interested in that, as well as a lot more uh, rewards and fun stuff, remember guys, this show is free and ad-free. It is not very common nowadays for, you know, it was reputable reputable and, and fairly popular podcasts to not have advertisers. That's right. We do not have advertisers here, even though we've had many advertisers approach us at this point. We are fully funded by our supporters. And right now we are trying to get to 100 supporters, which, you know, I got to I got to be honest. Look, I love you guys. And I am so, so grateful for all the support that you've all given us over the years. Gons, I'm a little surprised it's taken us this long to get to 100 supporters. But hey, you know. No judgment, just saying. I think we're at 85 at this very moment. And Gons and I are sitting on a special episode that we are going to put out as soon as we get to 100 supporters. So I know there's people out there who, you know, you're thinking to yourself, oh, that's wonderful. I'm so glad that the listeners are supporting Basil and Gons. And I'll leave it up to the other listeners to take care of that while I just enjoy the work that these two have devoted their lives to. (laughs) But here's the thing. The other listeners, you are not doing it. You are the listener right there sitting, listening to my voice in your headphones. Maybe you're on the bus. Maybe you're driving your car. Maybe you're with your kids. Hey, kids, it's your buddy Basil here. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I'll I'll get Patreon when I make it home tonight and I will support these fellas because we know you want to. But I would tell everybody, if you got the moment, if you got an extra buck or two to spare during the month for less than a cup of coffee, you could support the podcasters who work so hard to bring you material like this. And when you support, you'll get a bunch of extra fun stuff. It's great. We put a lot of work into the stuff over there at the Patreon, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, But yeah, Will and us will be over there talking more. And also, we told you about my trip to Burning Man. We're going to be releasing um, a lot of my reports over there on the Patreon uh, for the Canary Cry Conversations. I'm going to give Gons a full rundown. We've also, I went around, did a whole audio experience at the Burning Man. If you want to listen, if you want to lay back and close your eyes and listen to me as I ride my bike through the streets of Black Rock City and give you a guided tour through what it's like to be at Burning Man, you're going to want to head over to patreon.com slash Radio. Okay, that's enough of that. Just want to let you guys know, I know it sucks us asking for support, but it's only because we have so much cool stuff over there and I don't want to do all that work for nothing. So I want people <laughs> to hear it well, here's, so. here's a couple other things too because uh uh well first off we'll, we'll get into the itunes but um the, you know there are there have been people that have supported canary cry radio for 
close to its entirety, the entire existence yeah. of the podcast. Some people have been signed up on the PayPal for years. Years. And, and it accumulates, you know, just a few bucks a month or, or you know, a, a big donation once a year or something like that. And it definitely accumulates. Um, so we definitely wanted to do something to honor those folks. And I know, you know, one of our big things is like having everybody stay fairly anonymous in terms of the financial support of the podcast. But, you know, we thought it would be cool to, to honor some people. So, you know, we made a little call out Basil as the chauffeurs ring. Can you hear the chauffeurs? That's right. The chauffeurs. Do you hear it? Yes. Do you hear the call? Yes, we've made a call to the Millennial Watchmen. That's who, right. Uh, well, you know who you are. But, uh... Sadly, wow, we, that's, we, a, that's a long shofar clip. That it's was a, beautiful. It's a 12-hour shofar clip I got oh, going nice. over here. Um, I just got to pop that baby on and go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, for those of you who have been supporting the podcast for a long time, um, check your emails, check your spam folders. We sent out some personal emails to you uh, with some uh, re- with some requests and some, some offers. And so if that's you, if you have not received your uh, email from Canary Cry, uh, A, keep supporting. It will come soon. And uh, if you you just got the email and didn't email us back that's fine too thanks for the support <laughs> yeah it says in there actually in the actual message that if you don't reply then uh that's okay it's okay yeah we we still appreciate the support so anyways that's a lot of support talk we thank you very much and yes if you got the email of the millennial watchman if you hear the shofars calling as you sleep uh, give us an email back <laughs> Well, I wanted to read one review here from iTunes because that's another way you can support us is give a rating or a review uh, in iTunes to help us uh, get discovered by people. And uh, this one, I really like this one. Baking at Zephyr's wrote, my brain explodes with every episode. Great podcast for those that are starting, uh, starting, I always says starting, staring across the coffee table with two hands held out, one with a blue pill and one with a red pill hint. Take the red pill and hit play. Escape the Christian matrix and get woke, but not too woke. The earth is probably a globe. Just saying. (laughs) Come on, guys. That's good. That's good. That's a baking Zephyrs. That is a good iTunes review. And that's right. We understand. I, I know we just went on a whole rant about financial support. That's because Gon's got a baby to feed and I got some cats who need more litter box uh, material. But uh, <laughs> if you're unable to help support the podcast, keep it going with your financial support. You can head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review or really whatever podcatcher you're using. However you listen to our show, there's probably a rating and review system. Give us five stars. Tell everybody how much you like the show. Uh, It seems like a small gesture, but it's really important because the more that that happens, uh, the more that the algorithms and the iTunes robots take our show and spread it to those unsuspecting blue pillars. And then uh, they will see the show and they will read your comments and they will listen to the show too. It helps spread the show, helps spread the good word. And that's really what we're all about here. We're just here to get the message out, Gons and I. I've just been answering the call 
And um, we know that a lot of you out there as well feel a similar call. And this is a great and easy way to do it, as well as taking your favorite episode and sharing it either on your Facebook or just sending it to a friend. The fastest way our show spreads is from uh, word of mouth. I always say mouth to mouth. (laughs) It's word of mouth. That's a really good way to to get the podcast to other people too, by the way. That's a real personal way. It's a weird way. Yeah. Make sure you're very close with that person. Um, But yeah, anyways, it helps more than you guys think. It may seem like a small gesture, but it really helps us out. And thank you to, what was the guy's name? Baking at Zephyr's. Baking at Zephyr's. It's a guy. I don't know if it's a guy. I'm hoping they're a baker. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, we have other great names too. A queen, mummy, new. I think that's mm-hmm. Queen Mummy. That's one. Okay, yeah. But anyway. Okay. Go check it out, everybody. <laughs> so there you go. That's all sorts of fun stuff. Remember, the True Legends Conference. Yes. This may be the longest outro we've ever done, but it's very important stuff. A lot of house cleaning here. Housekeeping. True Legends <laughs> Conference. Gons will be there. He will be speaking on a panel. Go to Gen6, G-E-N. SIX.com slash conference. Sign up for the live stream. And I'm putting a call out right now for all of those who have access to the Canary Cry Radio Discord channel. Uh, if you're go get the the live stream and let's talk about it on the Discord channel live. I'll definitely be there for a part of it. I can't say I'm gonna be sitting at my computer for all three days. Why not? But uh, plug yourself but- <laughs> in. <laughs> plug in tune out um and uh and it's going to be great a lot of big names there uh like gonzo shimura i don't know if you guys have heard about this guy he made a i don't know if you've heard of the yeah, film i'm the uh, age of deceit or age of deceit 2 or soon coming age of deceit 3 yeah i'm, I'm like the add-on i'm like the little extra you, little extra that's piece okay. That's okay, man. They can't handle the truth. They can only handle so much. Um, uh, do you want to give us an Age of Deceit 3 update? Remnants in the Cyberhive Earth. Whoa, is that the name? That's the name. Coolest name. Coolest name ever. Yep. Remnants in the Cyberhive Earth. Yep. Wow. You really did it this time, Gods. <laughs> I like it. Is it fiction? Is it is it real or is it science fiction okay, or is it not? Great. Is you can't it's even good. tell anymore. It's all of the above. It's it's all the just truth one is thing stranger now. than fiction. It is. Um I'm assuming you're not giving a time frame yet, but I was I'm, gonna I'm, let you do that. Yeah, before the end of the year is the goal, but okay. you know how things go. But it's uh, be I'm, good, folks. I think I'm making a lot of progress. And um, actually, I'm going to spend this Branson trip here to to really refine some stuff too. I got you know time on the plane and whatnot. Uh, actual time to sit down and do it, you know, instead of you know little, little little ten minute you know spurts that I get. You know to what have I'm realizing, now. Gons? Yeah. You and I haven't been able to sit down and talk in weeks, and, and we're this recording outro this outro is outro. just turning. Yeah, it's just turning into us talking okay. to each other. Yeah, we so I'm going to end. I'm going to end this go. by plugging. Yeah. <laughs> Are you you done? <laughs> I'm going to end this by plugging the Joy Spiracy Theory. That's Woo. right. Many of you listeners out there also listen to the Joy Spiracy Theory. If you haven't listened to the Joy Spiracy yet, this is one of the biggest comments I, I get about it is 
you know, Basil, I knew you're doing the, the Joy Spiracy theory. It sounded cute, sounded good, I, <laughs> but I'm fine. Like I'm not depressed or I, I just thought, you know, I didn't really understand what it was, but I listened to one and it changed my life. That's right. Uh, there's all sorts. I, I, you know what I love is when other sort of, um, I don't know what you call them nowadays, influencers or other uh, producers, content producers, they find the show and they say, you know, Basil, I loved you on Canary Cry Radio, but I just didn't give your other show a chance because it sounded just kind of like for kids or like, <laughs> you know, it just didn't seem like something I needed. But I left, I listened to an episode and I, it left me crying and it left me impacted. And that's not because of me. It's because of the guests I have on. So I would encourage everybody. I've got some uh, shows in the can that are going to be coming out at least one this week. Um, and so you're not going to want to miss it. Go check it out. The Joy Spiracy Theory. It's, it would really mean a lot if you guys went and checked it out. And while you're at it, leave a rating and a review. It's such there a you go. happy. It makes me jealous how happy it is. It's like, ah. For such a happy show, there's a lot of tear, like crying that happens on it. <laughs> yeah, you've, it's you've like really heavy, really heavy stuff. But it, there's also a lot of joy, yeah. so it's a good mix. I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, okay, that's it. I'm landing this plane until we have until we have to take it off again uh, behind the the wall of patrons. That's right. That's right. We got to get off and record a bonus episode right now. So there you go, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage.